1 Peter chapter 5. Begin reading in verse 8. Very familiar scripture. A lot of you can quote it from memory. 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. I'm going to read down through verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 8, and going through verse 11. If you have it, say amen. amen. All right. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We love, we, we hear quoted all the time, verse 8, but sometimes we don't read the rest of that because it tells us we have an enemy. But then it tells us in the next verses how we overcome the enemy. And so you pray for us over these next couple hours and we'll get you out of here. I'm kidding. We have an enemy tonight. We have an adversary. And there's no doubt about that. And he is working overtime, but so we have to work overtime. Would you agree with that? I know our, our, our pastor, and, and we've been sharing a lot about nature lately, both of us, and especially him, but uh, he's preached about snakes before, and, and of course, we don't, the only thing we like to say about snakes, the only good one's a dead one, and no matter what color they are, I don't care if they eat rats or not, I'm still going to kill them if they're in my way, right? Somebody say amen. But snakes... Uh, one common theme about snakes, they're always in observation mode. They're always looking, never trying to be seen or uncovered. Now we know there's a variety of snakes and a variety of, of ways and a variety of, of uses they are, are commonly known for. We know some of them kill by strangulation, some of them kill by poison, some of them are poisonous, some of them aren't. Some of them are harmless. Some of them aren't harmless. Uh, so some of them are. So we understand that there's a variety and different kinds of species. But one thing in common about all snakes, they don't blink because they don't have any eyelids. They're always, I got a point. You just stick with me. So they're always looking around. They're always observant. They're always in a state of observation. And we know in our text tonight, it tells us that we have an adversary, the devil. And we know another term that he is referred to in the Bible is the serpent. And we know he's likened unto a serpent and unto a snake. And may I remind you the same commonality in earthly snakes, we have the same thing in Satan, he is always in observation mode. You say he is? Yeah, it tells us here. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. 
He's always in observation mode. Now, my, my, many of you have been asking about my son and, and he's doing, he, he loves what he's doing there. And, and we dropped him off on August the 2nd. And of course, many of you know, he's, he's playing football at, at Georgetown College in, in Kentucky. And for the first two weeks, he didn't have school, but he had training camp. And in that training camp, uh, he practiced, of course, he was from 7 a.m. to about 10.45 p.m. every day. But uh, in the course of those many hours, a lot of those weren't even on a field. They were in a film room. And they were watching film. They were watching film not only of themselves, but the opponents that were coming up in the future. Because that's the only way you're going to defeat your enemy is to uncover and observe them as well as them observing you. Can I tell you something tonight? Satan has game film on you. He's been watching you. But may I also remind you, we have somebody else watching us. Because even though Satan is in observation mode, he can see all things, but he cannot see all, all things at the same time. But thank God we have someone who's on our side that not only can see everything, but he can see everything all the time. And he can see everywhere. Why? Because you cannot escape the presence of God. Satan can't be everywhere at once, but I'm so thankful that our God can. Satan can't see everything at once, but I'm thankful that our God can. And even though we have an adversary, thank God we have a, we have a king that sits on the throne that is watching out and protecting us. Aren't you thankful for that promise that he's given us tonight? He sees all things, he knows all things, and he knows what's going on in our life. And Peter wrote this letter to a, a scattered group of Christians in Asia Minor. And, and really what he was doing in these letters to this church at Asia Minor, he was telling them, I know you're scattered, but in the midst of this persecution, see, they were being persecuted and they were being tortured and beaten. They were being uh, falsely accused, but they were being uh, battered and persecuted for living godly. And so what he was telling him, he was encouraging them with these letters. And the simple subject of these letters were simply this, be faithful. Be faithful to your God. Because being faithful will get you rewarded a lot quicker than quitting will ever get you. Faithfulness to God always has rewards. And so Peter was telling them, he said, listen, our adversary is out there. We have an enemy and it comes in all forms. They're going to come against you, but remain faithful to God. And thank God there will be a reward at the end of the journey. He was given them that promise. And really he gives us a scouting report, if you will, on the devil. Real, th real, real quickly, I want you to notice some things. First of all, he calls him an, an adversary, the devil. So that means he is a liar and he speaks lies. We also know the Bible also tells us that he is the father of lies. So not only is he our adversary, meaning he, he speaks lies, but also he uses sound. He says, our adversary is like a, not just a lion, but a roaring lion. So Satan not only speaks, but he uses sound. That's what his ammunition is. 
Because sometimes we may not see the devil, but I can sure hear him. I hear him in my mind. Every day when I wake up in the morning, I hear him. I hear his voice trying to tempt me, trying to bring me down, trying to cause doubt. That's his job. He's good at it. He's been doing it for thousands of years. And he will use sound. He will speak to you. He will talk to you. And listen, some of you tonight are scared by things that you simply have heard. You know how many people are scared to death of something that they heard? They don't even know if it's true or not. But they heard about it. Don't you love when someone comes up and says, have you heard about this? And you try to get them to prove it. They can't even prove it. But they're scared to death and then they make you scared to death because they're scared to death. Just because of something they'd heard. Listen, folks, don't believe everything you hear. Because not only does faith cometh by hearing, fear does too. And Satan will try to cause seeds of fear to come in our life. And so not only does he speak lies and not only does he use sound as ammunition, but it says he seeks whom he may devour. Satan's ultimate goal is to take you out. Which I find hilarious because he has no authority over life and death. (laughs) He's trying to accomplish something that he can never do. He doesn't have the power to take your life. Only God has the power over life and death. Unless Satan has no authority over a child of God, that's why he speaks lies. That's why he comes to you and tries to speak fear because his ultimate goal is he wants to take you out. And he hates you. He has no authority to take your life. He hates you. You know why he hates you? Because he hates God and he hates Jesus. And if you claim to be God's child, that's why he hates you. He doesn't like you. Why? Because you remind him of his defeat. When you decided to make Christ your personal savior, that was one you didn't get. And so he's upset because he's trying to get at God and trying to take him down, but he never will do it. So in order to get to God, he tries to get to us. But may I remind you, hallelujah, he has no authority over the child of God. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Somebody say amen. Amen. And here's how we we can defeat the devil. He gives us the, the perfect formula to do so. I want you to notice with me, we're going to break down these verses here. First of all, verse 8 gives us the natural way to defeat the enemy. First of all, he says, be sober. Be sober. Now, automatically, when we think of sober, most of us, if not all of us, will think it has something to do with alcohol about not being drunk. Although we know that's what sober means, that's not what it means here. Although that's good practice. Although that's still good preaching. And I'm not even, I'm not even going, you know, people say, well, it's okay as long as you don't get drunk. No, it's not okay. Alcohol is not okay in any form. In any form. I don't care how much alcohol it has in it, it's still sin. 
You say, Brian, prove it to me. I'll prove it to you. Let me take you to families that have been torn apart. This ain't the message, but it's still good preaching. I've seen firsthand what it does to a family. Listen, uh, my very own family has been affected. My grandmother lived in, 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 in literal hell because of alcohol. So don't ever come to me and say it's okay. I know what it does to families. I, knows, I know what it can do to lives. Amen, that's good preaching. But it, that, that's not what it means here. <laughs> he says be sober. What it literally means in the Greek is be free from any influence that would make you irrational. So it goes beyond alcohol. He's saying be sober. What's that mean? He says have a sound mind. Listen, folks, we are too late in this journey. We are too close to the Lord coming back to not believe that God is able. We're too close. And you can't tell me that he can. And so really, well, this has nothing to do with alcohol because some of us are drunk on ourselves. We're drunk on relationships. We're drunk on positions that we have. We're drunk on social media. We're drunk on everything except what God wants us to be drunk on. And we, want, we need to be filled with the wine of, of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost of God. And our minds should always be focused on Him. Your mind is too precious to give it over to anything else but the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he says, if you want to beat the devil, you've got to have a sound mind. Be sober. Then he says, be vigilant. What's that mean? The word vigilant means watchful. So not only do we defeat the devil with a sound mind, but we defeat him with a sharp eye. A sharp eye. Remember, the beginning of the message, I told you, snakes are always watching and the devil is always watching. So that's why we have to always be on guard. No time to sleep spiritually. This is the, this is the time in, in Christianity when Jesus Christ returns soon. Things are gonna become more evil. Things will get, uh, become more confusing. Things, people that you thought would never turn their back on God are gonna turn their back on God. People that you thought would never do certain things are gonna do certain things in the name of God. Listen, this is no time to fall asleep. It's time to wake up and be watchful. Not only have a sound mind, but have a sharp eye. Watch out for the Satan. Watch out for Satan. Have a sharp eye, have a sound mind. But then he also says, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. What's he telling us there? He says, not only have a sharp eye and a sound mind, but have a sure faith. If we're gonna defeat the devil, we gotta have a sure faith. You say, how does that come about? That comes about when we understand and stand on the word of God that, see what Satan does is he'll try to use tactics that worked on somebody else and then he'll put them on you and because he attacked somebody else and they failed, you'll automatically think, well, that's gonna work on me too. Sometimes what works on others may work on us if we don't have a sure faith. But may I remind you, if we are founded on the word of God 
And even though make take, taking somebody else out, the devil is a liar. He will Sometimes he will succeed and tell you that he's gonna take you out and do the same thing to you. But may we remind him, again, he has no authority over our life. Be sure, be steadfast in our faith. And have a sound mind, have a sharp eye. That's how we can defeat the devil. That's the natural way we defeat the devil, but also he gives us a spiritual way. Here's the spiritual way. But the God of all grace. But the God of all grace. That's where we find how not only can we defeat him naturally, but we can defeat him spiritually. And here's the real reason why the devil hates me and he hates you. Here's the real reason. Because God extended grace when we didn't deserve it. Some people will testify and they, and they will say, they'll make this statement and please don't, don't take me wrong, but let, hear me out. They will say, oh, the devil's attacking me because I'm doing right for God. And yes, he will do that. Anytime we do right for God, anytime we take a stand, the devil's gonna fight and he's gonna attack, right? We've all been there. But some of you, it isn't the case. Some of you, you've been bad. (laughs) And the devil's attacking you. And even though you've been bad, even though you've sinned, even though you messed up, God still extended grace your way. That's what grace is all about. You say, how does he do that? He does that because he's God and he can. And he's promised us that he would extend grace to those that want it, to those that will be of a sound mind, to those that will have a sharp eye, to those that will have a sure faith. He will extend grace. Those that stand up to the persecution that comes our way, he will extend grace. He says, God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, ye suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I'm gonna skip one part and get to the good part. They're all, it's all a good part, but I'm, I, I wanna skip a little bit and get to, get to the end of this verse. So he gives us this formula here, right? He says we can, we can resist him with our sure faith. We can have a sharp eye, watch out for him. We can have a sound mind, always make sure our mind's focused on God. Then we allow grace of God to work in our life. And then very quickly, he says, who have called us into his eternal glory, who hath called, hath called us, hath called us. That's in the past, would you agree? unto his eternal glory, would you not say that's the future? So he already has your ending before your beginning even started. And that's why the devil hates you so much because God has called you into his eternal glory. And everything that God allows to happen in your life is making you stronger to get you to the ultimate goal and that's to get you to heaven and get you to glory. 
That's why the devil will attack us. But look at what happens. He says, if you, if you go through all these persecutions and you go through all of these trials, here's what's going to happen. The latter end of that verse, it says, after that you have suffered a while. Let's stop right there. This isn't a matter of if you're going to get persecuted. It's when. Okay? This isn't a condition. This is a guarantee. You are going to suffer. But aren't you thankful that he, he put a timetable on it? Well, he said, you're going to suffer a while. Now, we can look at that in the negative way and say, because, see, we use words differently. If I say, Heather, I'm going to the store, I'll be back in a little while. Now, we have no idea how long that's going to be. It all depends if I see a family member, or which is usually pretty common, <laughs> and we talk for a little bit. A little while could be 10 minutes. It could be an hour and a half. Okay. It's like, you know, how many miles is it up the road? Oh, just a few. Well, how many is that? It's a few. Well, is that three? Is that seven? No, it's just a few, right? So we have, there's, it's a word to describe a amount of time. So we can look at this and say, I'm gonna suffer a while. And see, because we're such a negative society, we look at that word a while and we think that's gonna be for a long time. But I looked it up a little deeper. And that word in the Greek doesn't mean a long time. In fact, it means temporary. <laughs> it actually means not only temporary, but short. So he says, yes, you're gonna suffer a while. But may I remind you, there's, there, you're gonna suffer. It's guaranteed. You're gonna face persecution. You're gonna face some hard time, but your hard times are only temporary. <laughs> They're only a short while. And if he can just endure that short time period, here's what he's going to do. He said, I will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Now, some of you are shouting, but, but let us break it down just a little bit further. Just give me five more minutes. Who give me five? Five more minutes. 10, 15, 20. Great. Great. I'm good. First of all, he says, if you endure through all this and you make it through that Time, the temporary time period, I'm going to make you perfect. Perfect. Some of you already think you are. But you're not. But, that, but the word perfect, again, you got to really dig down deep to find what that means. Really, this word means to repair. To repair. He says, after you have suffered a while, <laughs> and after you've, you may not look like you did before you went through the trial. But after you went through the trial, even though you may look bad, I'm gonna repair you to make you look like you never went through it in the first place. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Some of you, I look at you tonight and you look great. You come in here with a Bible under your arm, you're all dressed up, you showered this week, which is awesome. And you come in here and you're ready to go to church, but down deep inside, if we really can get your testimony, you've been through some stuff. And what you've been through, you, look, you looked awful after you got through it, but you can look back at it now and said, I made it through it by the grace of God. And now it doesn't 
even look like I've been through some things. Why? Because God will repair you. He'll perfect you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only will he perfect you, but he says he will establish you. That word establish means to reposition. So not only will he repair, but he'll reposition. What's that mean? Sometimes when we face persecution and go through trials and God allows things to happen, the devil comes against us, it knocks us out of our spot. It knocks us off track. And God says, if you endure it, if you suffer it, I'll not only repair you, but I'll reposition you back to where you were. (laughs) Oh, I'm so thankful for that. Because there's been times when I've, I was going the right way and something happened and it knocked me off track a little bit. But God says, because of my grace, I'll put you right back on the road where you needed to be. I've lost a little time. I've lost a little distance, but I'm back on the road where I need to be. How many of you are thankful for that? Oh, man, I mean, a lot of us, many of us can say we've gotten off track. We've took the wrong road. Siri, the spiritual Siri took us the wrong direction. But God put us back in the right spot and he repositioned us. He said, I will repair you. I will reposition you. And then he said, strengthen, strengthen. So he'll repair, he'll reposition, and he'll re-strengthen. Now this word is, this word does not mean power, okay? Because power is something you have over something else. But he said, I will strengthen you. You know what that means? That means what you've been through has made you weak, right? And when someone is weak, not only can you barely go, but I've been around some physically weak people. And you know what one of the first things is that goes? Their voice. So weak, they can hardly speak. But you know what God said he'll do? He'll strengthen He'll give us strength that we never thought we'd ever have. Not only to be able to do what we've done and put us back on the right path, but to give us our voice back. Even though it was in you, even though your, uh, the shout was on the inside, you didn't have enough strength physically to put it out. But hallelujah, God will strengthen us and you can muster up your strength that he has given you because when you are weak, then he is strong. And hallelujah, you get your voice back. And what do we use our voice for? We use our voice to lift up praise to the almighty. That's why Satan doesn't like us. It's because we give God praise for who he is and what he's done. He'll re-strengthen us. And then finally, notice this. He said he will settle you. That word settle simply means a foundation. So that means he will restore. This word settle is more of just clearing off ground or, or just you know, bush hogging a field or knocking down a building. 
what this means is you're preparing the ground to put a foundation on it to build something. That's what that word means. So he said, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna repair you. I wanna make you look like you've never been through some things, even though you have. I'm gonna re-strengthen you, give you your voice back to shout to God. I'm gonna reposition you, put you back on the right way. But then if you just endure, I'm gonna restore you so that way I can build something out of you. Because God doesn't do what he does for us just to sit and do nothing. He's given us every one of us a purpose. And when he restores us, it's not to sit on a shelf. It's not to sit on a shelf and be looked at. It's to be used by God. He wants to restore us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to perfect us and establish us. And here's the whole reason why. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. He wants to do those things in our lives so that we can bring him glory. Would you agree with that? So we have an enemy. We do. But may I remind you, sound mind, sound mind, have a sure faith and always be ready to praise the Lord and Savior. Be ready, be ready because at any time he could call us, whether by death or by rapture. Folks, I don't know if you realize what's coming up just in a couple of weeks, but on the Jewish calendar, it's called the Day of Atonement. It's called, it's a, it's a beautiful ceremony over these next few weeks. I'm not putting a timetable on God and we can't, none of us can. But it wouldn't surprise me if he would come in the next few weeks. The Jews are watching for him for the wrong reason. I'm watching for him. I'm watching for him. I've got a sharp eye. I'm looking around and I'm seeing things that I never thought I'd see. Maybe the next cloud that comes by, Mark, could be the one I'm going home on. Are you ready tonight? Are you ready? 